This is The Pool. I'm Rain Coleman, your host, and this is episode 30. Alright y'all, with that, with that, with that, we back, we back again with another podcast. So y'all, it's episode 30, The Pool, we've been away for a minute, but you already know how it go. Long time listeners, you already know what it is. New guys, hey, welcome, you know, pull up a chair, have a seat. Uh, episode 30 of The Pool, happy to be back, glad you guys are listening, please use that hashtag CBNPod or The Pool CBN when you're listening to this episode, live tweet a little bit, let me know that you're out there, that you're listening, make this a conversation, uh, so we're going to get into some comic freaking news, before doing that, make sure to check out BYNK Radio's fam, government name podcast, Hosted by Real Shogun Beats and Cole Jackson One Two, and also the Social Introverse Podcast, which is the stupendous, musically educated, uh, phenomenal host of Sid Davis. I Sid Davis on the Twitters, and uh, make sure you check them out and check up the site and you know do a little peeking around and whatnot. So, a lot's been going on. I've been trying to play catch up. Uh, work been kicking my ass. Home life been kicking my ass. Uh, housework, cooking, uh, going to the grocery store when necessary, all that good shit been kicking my ass. On top of that, we got COVID kicking everybody ass. (laughs) So, shout out to everybody out there trying to hold it down and is holding it down and who ain't holding it down. Um, If you can, get you a mental health professional, talk to somebody. If you can't, you know, do something creative, try to find that outlet because we are still knees deep in a pandemic. Though the world is burning outside hopefully this little episode can give you a little bit of reprieve reprieve a little a little step away from the madness so uh starting off y'all so free comic book day free comic book day has turned into free comic book summer well or nearly free comic book day is the first saturday of in may which is as it says it's a day once a year annually where you can go and pick up a free comic book uh at your local comic book shops now because of covid kicking our asses and really screwing with a lot of everything everyone worldwide has had to learn how to kind of pivot adjust and adapt and this is one of those side effects of covid so Free Comic Book Day has now become Free Comic Book Summer. Now, the people who organized Free Comic Book Day, <laughs> take a shot every time I say Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> the people who organized the uh, the single day promotion, Free Comic Book Day, uh, they get fresh books to new readers. So it's kind of, you know, that annual day where it's like, okay, you might not be into certain stuff or you might not be into comics. This is like a good day to jump in, take a look around and see if it's for you without having a big financial commitment. Now, usually, again, it is that first Saturday in May, but now it's been altered. The new date for Free Comic Book Summer will be July 15th through September 9th. So, we got a whole summer of free comic books. So, what does that mean for you guys? It means that throughout the summer, of course, participating retailers, because I'm not sure that everyone will be um, participating (laughs) in Free Comic Book Day. Take a shot. Uh, they will receive about five to six free comic book day titles every week. And this is for them to distribute as they, they deem necessary or appropriate or whatever. Of course, you guys want to go into your comic book shops and maintain that social distancing. Please still be 
aware that we're in the middle of this pandemic but this is very exciting for me because one my ditzy ass i always miss free comic book day like there may have been in the last i say eight years there's probably two that i got mouse even say three and if i say three it's because one of them it was an accident that i walked into the shop on the right day but i always miss free comic book day like always <laughs> or i'll go into a shop after free comic book day has passed and they still may have some titles there other than that i'm always late for free comic book day so this is perfect for me because now <laughs> i'm able to experience this all summer so cool um but this is good against for people who aren't into comics or you are trying to make that financial commitment this is a good day to go in and be like okay well let's see what comics got for me let me see what new titles are out there different titles um also something i want to yeah, emphasize is that even though this is free comic book day slash summer if you can purchase a title it doesn't have to be a whole graphic novel if you see that there's a wonder woman new wonder woman book for free comic book day get a wonder woman title that accompanies that or something else in dc or marvel or boom Studio or whoever just like kind of pick at some things get one or two things if you can but again this is a big deal because now the one annual day that a lot of people look forward to has been spread out over an entire summer like this is you know cool stories are available you know 2020 has been kind of a shit show for everybody so it's good to get a little free free whenever you can so um i think there's what is it 40 to 45 different issues that are being offered and they're coming from marvel dc image boom studios dark horse idw dynamite and so many others like <laughs> you can't go wrong with a free comic book day book <laughs> so they got a large range and big spectrum of what they're offering. At this point, I feel like I'm just saying the same shit over and over. It's free comic book day has become free comic book summer. So you have more than one chance to get your hands on some new, new, some free, free. Um, also, check out freecomicbookday.com if you have any like additional questions. Because I'm not a representative. I only know as much as I know. And you might have a question that I don't know shit about. So be, uh, be sure to check them out. And I think they'll have the full list of all of the free comic book summer books and titles i don't really care i just want to go and be surprised so um check out freecomicbookday.com and uh support your local comic book shop you know yeah if you want to understand what i've done i needed to find a way to outlive my daughter so I began my experiments in search of mortality. I'd make some adjustments to people. Barry. Anyone I get close to, it always ends in pain. Rita. Sometimes the easiest pain to ignore is our own. Jane. I've got 64 personalities. I'm Miranda. Penny Farthing, sir. Baby doll duck! Hey Siri, what's the Doom Patrol? Stop doing that. My name's Vic. I'm dealing with some kind of post-traumatic stress. Booyah. And you, Cliff. Get your ass back here! Oh, yeah! What's up with his daughter? Dorothy's missing. She will unleash hell on Earth. I told you to be polite. And you will be powerless to stop it. Help me find her. I don't know how you handle things like this. Well, typically we just kind of wing it. So, Doom Patrol Season 2 premiered, I believe, June 25th of 2020. 
Doom Patrol is a show that I watched the first couple episodes of and I, I enjoyed every piece of it. My issue is that there's so much television, there's so many movies, there's so much, so many books, be it prose books, comic books, graphic novels, poetry, there's indie books, there's the big two, the big five, six, seven, eight, nine, all like, there's so much content to be consumed. And then there's the eight hour work day, there's the 40 hour work week, there is the hoping for a three day weekend, like... And then there's also rest and personal life and everything else. It has been hard, you guys. It's hard out here for a nerd when you try to get your hands on them books. <laughs> so, y'all, listen. I am so behind. So, I'm still on season one of Doom Patrol. And I saw the trailer for season two. And now I'm utterly pissed. Not that it doesn't look good. I'm pissed because it looks so good. I'm like, man, I've all this time has passed. I could have been caught up. And now I'm kicking myself because season two has already been out, mind you. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know who these new members are. I don't know who the, like, but it looks, it looks fun. It looks like a fun ass show. That being said, please leave a comment in the comments or tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag, the pool CBN, and let me know, have you watched Doom Patrol? Have you got, are you on season two? I know it's worth it, but, you know, I'm a little biased. Let me know if it's worth it. Like, is this something I need to drop everything else that I'm watching and get into this shit right away? Or is this something that I can kind of put off for a little bit longer and kind of binge all of it? Let me know. I enjoy Titans. Um, I enjoy DC Universe. I do like the app. And, you know, hell, I'm a nerd. I'm a blurred. This is, this is my wheelhouse. But I think I'm going to try to get caught up at least on season one. Um, and then try to dive into season two. But let me know: Is are you enjoying season two? Have you even touched season two? Are you like fuck it? I can get around to it whenever I get to it. Or is it you know on the top of the list? Is this something that I should be on right now? I'll tell you this much: Y'all already know how I feel about representation. The, ugh, I saw that black girl, that brown girl, in in the trailer for uh, season two, and she was like laid on the table and talking to cyborg, and I was like, ah, right. That's it. That sold me. Then I saw what I believe may be uh, either a trans woman or like an exaggerated, maybe drag person. And they were brown as well. A black person, but brown. Huh. Come on. You already know. That's the hill I die on is representation. So, yeah, I'm going to get into it. But I just need to know how, how much time do I have to ease into Doom Patrol Season 2? Let me know. Let go. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else we got here? Well... It looks as if uh, dear old Marvel Comics has done a little something that shouldn't be too shocking, I'll say. Marvel has acquired the comic rights to Alien and Predator. Now, for those of you familiar with Marvel Comics from the way, way back, um, well, comic, comics and also like TV and movies and books and shit in general sometimes tend to pull from pop culture, things that are going on. Look at Law & Order. If there's ever a big case about something in the news, Law & Order is going to have it on an episode within a week or so. The Brood Saga, if I'm not mistaken, was a stand-in, not stand-in, kind of Marvel's version of uh, Alien. Now, now that Marvel has the rights to Alien and Predator, 
I wonder if we'll get any, um, like, will they be folded into the Marvel Universe, or is it going to be a separate thing like Star Wars? And if they are folded in, are we going to get stories then of the Shi'ar versus, you know, the Predators and the Aliens? Are we going to get the Brood kind of wrapped up in there as well? Like, what does that mean? I don't think any future projects have been um, announced as of yet, as of the time of this recording, but... They have the rights to like this is a big deal. I was never a fan of the Alien and Predator, all that. It just it never appealed to me. But with the movies and with the kind of prequel movies and with all of the content that we have just off those two properties alone, there's so much that can be done within that universe. But man, what if? And this is all speculation, guys. What if we get an introduction to the mutants in the MCU? And instead of even using the Brood and the Brood Saga and all that comes with it, we get some Alien vs. Predator with mutants. Like, do y'all think that'll be a good idea? Tweet me, Carefree Blur, let me know. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think, nah, that's shitty, that's doing a little bit too much? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I think that would be something interesting. Because uh, one, you're mirroring two things, two huge fandoms. Though, with the X-Men mutant purist of it all, there might be some pushback because this ain't the brew, blah, blah, whatever. But, if you do it and do it right, you're combining these two, or three fandoms, rather, uh, Alien, Predator, and the Mutants. I kind of think it's a win-win. You let me know. You guys let me know. Use the hashtag, ThePoolCBN or CBNPod. Do you think combining the... Alien and Predator universe into the Marvel universe and having them be that alien cosmic threat if that be a good idea with the mutants in the MCU. Hell, they can even be used for the Fantastic Four in the MCU. You know, there's limitless possibilities when it comes to this um, these IPs. <laughs> so y'all, um, another thing, I've been reading Lovecraft Country, the novel by Matt Ruff. I, I'm enjoying it so far. Again, with life getting in the way, it's been kind of difficult to sit down for a long period of time and get through the novel. But I was thinking about doing some tour, some type of like book club with Lovecraft Country. Um, let me know what you think about that. Has anyone read Lovecraft Country? Are you, have you enjoyed it? Did you not like it? Did, was it problematic? Was it good? Like, don't spoil it for me, of course, but give me... A little bit of insight. How are you feeling about Lovecraft Country? Um, I, I like it. Like I said, I like what I'm getting so far. It is... It, there, of course, is a series coming up in, next month, actually, in August. And I... I like, I like what I'm getting from the book. Um... I like the kind of themes it's touching on. I like the characters. I think they're very, very interesting. It gives me pause. Um, and this, oh, I don't know how it's going to sound, but Matt Ruff is a white man. And what I'm seeing, not to say that you're white so you can't write black characters. That's not it. Um, I haven't seen anything so far that makes me like, oh, this is fucked up and he's doing a terrible job. Because pretty much it's, a book about following this black family in Lovecraft Country, which is very much a, a sundown town, for lack of a better term, for black people. And this book follows, it's uh, in Chicago, it's in 1954. 
Um, it is in the Jim Crow America. It deals with the lingering effects of the fiction that is H.P. Lovecraft. Um, this like a horror fantasy. So Atticus is on a road trip to New England to find his father, um, his uncle, who is the publisher of the Safe Negro Travel Guide, which I think was like Green Book was based off of, um, and his friend Leticia, Leticia, who I always get that wrong, Leticia, L-E-T-I-T-I-A. Um, they go to find the father. Uh, while they, they get there, they discover that the father is in chains, held prisoner by a secret cabal named the Order of the Ancient Dawn. Like It's very much my on brand for me and what I like. And the biggest concern isn't that Matt Ruff is white. Because, of course, you have this full fucking um, series coming based off of this book. And uh, with Jordan Peele, I believe, as executive producer. So, I mean, it's 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 safe in that regard. But it still gives me a bit... I'm a bit weary. Um, I don't know, y'all. Talk with me. Let me know. Do you... Do you like the idea of this book? Have you read this book? Are you interested in the series that's coming up next month? Is this something that you're going to try to um, sit down and watch, or something you're going to sit down and read? Like I'm, 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 I'm interested, and I have pause, and I'm not a hundred percent certain why. But nothing that I've read or consumed about the book or the series so far has given me. Um, I think legitimate reason to be like, oh, fuck this. This is terrible. It's not that. But I'm being honest. I do have a bit of kind of concern and fear that it might not go in an unproblematic way, for lack of a better term. So charges in my head and in my heart. We'll see, you know, what's, what's what pretty soon. Um, so shows. Shows. I have been watching imposters guys this is a like why y'all didn't tell me about this show where the fuck where the fuck y'all been at where why why ain't nobody tweeted me at carefree blur and said bruh you need to watch this show so imposters is a show it's a bravo show surprisingly it's so good to be a bravo show so the short version there's a family of con artists Nope, no, no, even shorter version. It's leverage, but with a higher budget. I'll say that. Now, the slightly longer short version is that it's a, a group of con artists going through cons. And the one chick who does the seducing part of the cons, she gets the shit turned back on her. And three of her old partners find her ass and hilarity and drama ensues. So... Y'all already know representation is the hill I die on. There are like no blacks in this damn show. There are no Latinx. There are no Asians. So my biggest issue with the show is that with the three exes who are essentially the main characters of the show, they're all white. It's two guys and a girl. They're phenomenal. They, they're great in this role. It's I'm loving them. But a lot of the stuff that happens, as I've because I'm I've gone through season one, I'm in season two, but I think I'm like on like the third act of season two. These people should have been different races, and it's not just because representation is the biggest thing to me, but it's just, in all actuality, like it. I guess it makes sense for them all to be white, 
because the lead chick who like cons them all, she's white. I think she's like Italian or something. She's very pretty, pretty girl. Big eyes like a Disney cartoon princess. But I always felt that the main guy, Ezra, who's like the last guy who she fucked over, he's the true protagonist. I think he should have been like, I don't know, um, Middle Eastern, maybe South Asian, uh, something, um, uh, Hawaiian, um, the guy, he, cause he's more of the kind of, not softer, but more nerdy ish. He's not caricature of nerd, but he's very much like the non alpha male for lack of a better term. Then you have the very much grunting fist pounding alpha male person, Richie, who I think would have been nice to see an Asian man play that role for sure, for sure. And I've said this before on different shows, but the way that people are depicted like through stereotypes in, in different shows is very, first of all, it's frustrating, but when it comes to Asians in particular, where you have the soft demure Asian woman who gets fetishized and then you get that nerdy comic relief of an Asian man who you don't see as a sexual object or an object of, of sexual desire I think having that role be meant by him because he's kind of a doofus uh, but not like incompetent he's like just a jock, like almost like a meathead, but with some sense, because he has aspirations to be a politician. And I think having that character be Asian, maybe having Ezra character be, huh, maybe I'd say like Middle Eastern or something. And then the girl, having her be Latinx, like some kind of way, it's fine that they're all white, because it fits, like you still can enjoy the show. But I think if we had to mix their races a bit, it would have made for a more interesting show. Um just based off of like their backstories and the shit that they dealt with and like the homegirl dealing with being a lesbian, the dude dealing with having his money taken, having been like been nothing, clawing his way up to be something. And this woman has like empowered him to be better than what he is. It's, it's really interesting. And I, um, I like it. I think that this show is one of those shows that feels like a USA or a TBS show where like Burn Notice or something where it could or Suits where it could have went on for like 30 seasons and then all of a sudden it pops up on someone's radar and you're like, why haven't I been watching this show? This is a pretty good show. It's less campy than like uh, Burn Notice or Psych, but it's not as serious as, let's say, at Law and Order. It's the very balanced mix of the silly and the serious so i do like that and i've grown to like fall for these three characters also i love the show leverage like that is one of my all-time favorite shows if anybody wants to gift me a box set of every season of leverage do it carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com is my email. <laughs> Carefreeblurred is my Twitter. Like, I love that show. It's very much villain of the week, um, heist, and then kind of showing the behind the scenes of what happened on the heist. I love that type of stuff. Uh, I think this show could easily, easily, if it doesn't get to a third, fourth, fifth season, could be translated into comic book version, graphic novel version, animated series. Like, it's very... It's very much a feel-good show for me. Now, those of you who have seen it, let me know what you think. I will say, 
there are still moments, even in season two, where I'm just like frustrated with the show. Like, why the fuck are you doing this? And I'll say that when it first started, it took me maybe one or two, maybe even three episodes to really get on board. But once I like was in it, I was in it. So uh, let me know, y'all. Let me know. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Comment in the comments. Is this a show that sounds like something you'd be interested in? Um, if you've seen it, let me know what you think about it. What are your thoughts? Please don't spoil. I'm still in season two. By the time this airs, I may be closer to the end of season two. But let me know what you think. And also, who's your favorite character? Um, I love me some Maddie. Do I want her to get her comeuppance? I love me some Maddie. Um, I think Ezra... Okay, and this is the, this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm done with this, y'all. Ezra's character, the kind of nerdy, softer one, so to speak, he goes through, and maybe this is, hmm, how do I put this? He goes through this arc, this transformation, which everyone does, but his, to me, is more, um, more apparent, more blatant, more exaggerated because of the character he starts off as. And because we get so much of him and his family and the issues that they have to work through aside from this con artist stuff. And then when you see him and his friends go off and, and slowly become the con artist that they're trying to catch, he goes on this like exciting change from the softer, upset, sad guy to be this more confident, um, capable, like leading man and i don't again i don't know if it's because i'm marathoning it like watching a, a couple episodes every night versus if i was to watch it live every week but this is really doing it for me and this is another reason why i think that that character should have been a man of color and not a, a white man again because we get so much of that all the time but that's not to say that this actor ain't doing his damn thing because he is he's doing it but again we see this all the time you know conventionally attractive um, fit, cis head, white guy, uh, just doing his thing. So it feels like a backhanded compliment, but it's not like, cause he's doing his fucking job. He's getting it done. And a lot of it is very convincing for me. It doesn't feel forced. I guess coming from a lot of comic book TV, when you see a show like this and then you compare it to, and this is no dig against comic book TV, but sometimes it's very campy and it's very over the top. And sometimes the acting does not match that, i.e. the lesbian relationship on Black Lightning. It doesn't feel real to me. So when I get a show like this and it's like, oh, this is what TV can be. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. I'll just say you guys should check it out and let me know what you think because I really am enjoying this series and i'm going to be toe up from the flow <laughs> as soon as this season ends i know i am okay so time for the main story y'all huh, according to variety batwoman has cast a new series lead in javicia leslie now Taking a few steps back after Black after Black Lightning after Batwoman season one ended, it was announced that Ruby Rose would no longer return to the show. As Kate Kane, she will no longer be associated with the show. There are mixed feelings about that. People feel how they feel. It is what it is. It just it's what it is now. So without kind of going through and dragging her through the dirt and everything, this the reality is she's not going to be Batwoman. She's not going to be Kate Kane. Um. But they have found a new series lead. Now we know what Ruby Rose looks like. Conventionally attractive, white woman, small, framed, short haircut, 
Um, she's uh, a lesbian, so she's in the LGBTQAI community. She fit the role on paper. She's everything that you would want from Kate Kane. Now, the woman who enters the chat, Javicia Leslie, is very much melanated. She's very much the exact opposite of Kate Kane, Ruby Rose. I remember me and Sid Davis, shout out Sid Davis' the Social Introvert Podcast, who was the co-host for the Knights in Gotham, the Carefree Black Nerd Batwoman Review Show. Please check that out. There will be a link in the show notes. Uh, and we discussed the show in, at depth throughout the whole season. I want to say I mentioned a few times that what they should do, they being the Batwoman series, is take a whole nother character, another actress, who's entirely different from... Ruby Rose in every way and just pluck her in as Batwoman and don't even acknowledge that this is another woman. Like taking Angela Bassett and putting her in that role or Lucy Liu or I don't know, just something, somebody else. Now, as joking as I was with that, we have this black woman, beautiful brown skin, big, thick, curly hair. Uh, and she says, and I quote, I am extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television. And as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. Whew. So Leslie will be portraying a new character named Ryan Wilder. Now there was a kind of open call or cash sheet for this new character that came out a while back as well. I think it was like right after maybe a week after the Batwoman show uh, season one ended. And I think they said the character's name was Reagan. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. It's just, I feel like a lot of this in this story, we had already seen some pieces of it. So a lot of this isn't a surprise. I'm more shocked that this is a black woman playing what's going to be Batwoman. Um, now, Leslie, she'll portray this new character on the show named Ryan. She is described, and this is where, again, I'm giving pause i've talked to lucy the deuce Ms. jupiter we talked to uh i see davis and we've been going back and forth for a little bit and you know we're cautiously optimistic about the show they say she is likable messy a little goofy and untamed she's also nothing like kate kane the woman who wore the bat suit before her with no one in her life to keep her on track Ryan spent years as a drug running, dodging the GCPD, and masking her pain with bad habits. Today, Ryan lives in her van with her plant. A girl who would steal milk for an alley cat and could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. She is an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, valuable and very much not your stereotypical all-american hero okay cool sis what the fuck is untamed what is untamed why is she a drug runner what is this so what i feel like happened is well this is what i'm scared of is that i'm happy that this girl get it sis leslie get it Get that check. Get that coin. But I'm hoping this isn't a result of the protest and a lot of the heat that America and the world has been over 
with the Black Lives Matter movement and with murdering all these fucking black people at the hands of police officers. So I'm hoping that this isn't an extension of all of these major companies performing this allyship through their ads but not invoking any real change. And then it's like, okay, if we make her black, then there's no way that people can be upset. You know, you'll still get your fanboys and fangirls who are just not here for it. And whatever, we know that. Whenever something comes out, whatever. You, we know that's going to happen. But I'm hoping that this is a genuine change in the cast and that they have women of color, black women specifically, in the writer's room and behind the scenes to make this character come to life. Because to be quite honest, they have failed countless times when it came to characters of color, i.e. Sophie and Luke and Mary, I feel, to an extent, but especially Sophie and Luke. Sophie, for me, is boring. Luke, who the fuck is that? They feel very interchangeable. It feels as if, which could be a good or a bad thing, that this character was written just honestly as a white person. It was just like, okay, well, we're going to cast someone, and then the, the actress who plays Sophie got the part, and it was like, okay, this makes sense. She wins. But I, I don't... I've. And black people do not exist in a vacuum. I do understand we are very varied and we have um, no one black person is the same. No two black people are exactly the same, even twins. But the Sophie that we got felt very much like a character on the CW. Like that Sophie could have easily been substituted in like Gossip Girl or The Flash or fucking any other CW show just randomly and that's what irks me. The way they handled that character I felt like was shitty. Uh, the shit you deal with her family from her husband to her and her relationship with her sexuality to her and um, Kate's interactions and then her and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, all the other women and white folks and especially bitch ass who her bitch ass boss the worst dad in the world. I'm I'm hopeful and I'll support off the strength of this black woman alone. Um so prior to Batwoman she starred in the CBS series God Friended Me. Um that apparently aired for two seasons and she was also in a BT series called The Family Business and Always a Bridesmaid. Now I want to let me look her up really quickly. This is a bit unprofessional guys, but bear with me here. Um Let's see, because I feel like I know who this is, and it's going to kick my, I'm going to kick myself once I look her up. Hold on. Because if this is who I'm thinking it is, I'm really finna go up. Um, If she's the girl from, yeah, sure the fuck is. So, I first met Javicia in Black and Sexy TV. I believe it was an episode of Chef Julian. My OGs out there who know, if you know, you know, Javicia. And I got, saw her face. I'm like, this bitch is gorgeous. Who the fuck? So, yes, that is her. Baby, when I tell you I'm so fucking proud of this woman, if you guys have seen Black Lightning, which you should have, Lala is also from the Black and Sexy TV camp. He was on the show, that guy. When I see these people, and then Julian from Chef Julian from Black and Sexy TV was on like a Tyler Perry movie and some other shit. And then Proud Dad, who was also on Black and Sexy TV as Proud Dad in, uh, uh, what's the dating show? Um, Hello Cupid. 
he's been on a ton of shit. Like they, they, mm, they pumping out actors and actresses who are doing their motherfucking thing. So now, having looked it up and seen that I know this sis that I've been following her forever, I'm definitely watching. I'm definitely watching. Like, if you go look at some of her shit that she's done, and I say look at the Black and Sissy TV stuff because it isn't, um, it it's something that that company has more control over than, say, like, a Tyler Perry production or a Warner Brothers production or something like that. So, though she's been great in these other shows, these network TV shows, on that streaming service, on that formerly YouTube series, on that kind of grassroots gorilla shot, series that she was on there was more she gave you she gave you more I feel she gave you they how do I say this you get you (laughs) y'all I'm getting excited it gives you kind of two sides of that coin where you get the polished god friended me of it all but then you also get the chef Julian and the hello cupid of it all where it's a more relaxed gorilla shot environment. Not to say it's less professional, because we ain't gonna say that. But to wrap that up, <laughs> my girl Javicia is Batwoman. And so I've come to over the course of this recording this episode, looking up her name and reading over the credits, realize that I'm going forward with this show, period. I did not want to after Batwoman ended last season. Um uh, it just didn't it, it was it just didn't work for me. But at this point I do think they need to pay off. They need to tie up a lot of shit. We got Bruce's back by way of uh, Hush. We have um, Mouse is dead. We have Alice in the wind with Bruce. A lot of things that were hinging on this relationship with Kate now feel like they're falling flat. Now, is Javicia going to come in and just take the place of Kate? Or is she going to come in with her own story and we still got the shit going on that has happened in Gotham all this time? Like, I'm really interested to see what happens. So, I don't know, y'all. It's, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the shits. So, uh, y'all let me know what you're thinking. Are you, are you familiar with Black and Sexy TV? Is Javicia new to you via Batwoman or have you known about her from back in the day? Uh, let me know, are you interested in seeing this new Batwoman? What does this look like for you? Um, being a black woman, taking up that mantle, is that, is that something that you are optimistic about? Or is it something that you're scared of when it comes to the show? Because we know the fanboys and fangirls are going to have a a shit ton of stuff to say. But either way, Javisi assists we, uh, with you over here at, uh, Nights and Gotham Podcast at the Carefree Black Nerd Network. Fist in the air, Mgawa, Black Power, all that good shit. But let me know what you guys think, and we'll take a bit of a break, and we'll be back after the flip. All right. One, two, three. One, two, three. (laughs) It's back. (laughs) Getting reacquainted with old friends. Uncle George, the reason I'm back home. My father, he's gone missing. One, two, three. He wrote me. The place he wants me to go is in Lovecraft country. One, two, three. This place. One, two, three. 
is dangerous. to the real strange part. Alright y'all and we are back. Now <laughs> this is gonna be so damn janky of me. I've debated whether I should even go forward with this. So quick story. I worked all day. You know what I'm saying? Got off a little bit later than I intended to now, I looked up and realized that my local comic shop was closed. So I just spent all of friggin' Wednesday talking all this mess about all these books I can't wait to go pick up only for what? Me to miss the window and now have to get my books on the Thursday. <laughs> so to have a little bit of a book review, kind of sort of something, I haven't got my hands on the books. But what I said is I'll just share with you guys what's on my pool list for this week. You guys, we can compare notes. Let me know what's on yours, and we'll kind of go back and forth that way as opposed to having a book to review because there is not one. So, um, Strange Academy number two is coming out, and that's what I'm most excited for. Like, no shit. I know we've finally gotten back to our regularly, regularly, regularly scheduled program with this new comic book day stuff, and this has been great, but I have been waiting on pins and needles for strange academy number two like i i fell in love with that show show series um it's pretty much up my wheelhouse you already know uh young people with powers at a school uh drama relationships angst uh stressful situations like y'all are in that's me to a t deadly class generation x all of that good shit that's me um so boom studios alienated issue number four comes out as well that's on my list now afraid of what she could have done with chip's powers samantha passes the dangerous alien along to samir but samir has his own plans and he doesn't share samantha's reservations now alienated uh is only a six issue series this is what i'm still struggling with as a comic understander what a comic consumer understander is finding out when the fuck something isn't ongoing, when something is unlimited, and when something is like a maxi series. I don't know why I am not, this is not clicking for me. Anybody with tips, let me know. I only realized that this was a limited run when I saw the list from my comic book shop where it said this is issue four of six. Sir, I didn't start collecting this just to get six issues. Is that the case? I would have waited for the trade. I know that's like frowned upon but so what i would have waited for the trade there um next up we have <laughs> image comics bitter root issue nine now i will say this i am also behind on bitter root but let me freaking tell you this series man i fucking love it it is that historical black fiction superhero it's it's very much a story that could be told by anyone no no let me not say that it's a story 
that anyone could probably tell, but no one can tell it in a way that this creative team has. Walker, Brown, and Green, Dotson, and Kyles doing this, man, the black people look black. They sound black. When you read it, you read this in a black voice. It's very much, it's given, you know, the creative team are people of color, are black people. Because there are tons, countless movies, TV shows, books, graphic novels where the creative team were not no piece of black. And it's very apparent (laughs) through the words on the page. But this is the Rage and Redemption arc. This is part four. While searching for Ardro, the Sangri family find themselves trapped in a southern town full of Jinnu. That want them dead. Meanwhile, in New York, Blink faces a horror beyond imagination. To me, this is very much in line with the Lovecraft country uh, of it all. It's very much in that same vein. I will try to find a way to bridge those two properties in some kind of way. But uh, I may have to do a book club with um, Bitterroot. I think that's what I'll have to do. So let me know. Give me your questions, thoughts, comments, and concerns about Bitterroot. Are you reading it? Are you enjoying it? Do you know nothing about it? What about the creative team? Y'all like them? Yes? No? Maybe? Uh, next up through image, we have Excellence, issue number eight. Excellence, another series. Some black magicians fucking shit up. I love it. Like that. What more do you need to hear? Young black musicians, magi- musicians, magician, musicians, and magicians. <laughs> Young black magicians. Just doing the goddamn thing. Uh, one of the tenth comes gunning for Spencer, who was Dequan Hill. Dequan, Dequan Hill. Uh, will he end Spencer's rebellion just as it's getting started? Look at the names. Dequan? Bro, this man's name is Dequan. <laughs> In a comic book about excellence. About black wizards and magic users and fantasy. <laughs> like, uh, you already know, this is for me. Then we have uh, Marvel X-Force issue 10, The Deadly Garden. As one of the team members struggles with their secrets unraveling, the rest of X-Force has to fight to stay alive long enough to salvage their mission. So I'm not even going to hold you guys up. I have been behind on the Dawn of X. Some of that has to do with COVID and the haunts of the comics. And some of that is on me. It is... It's just, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. And I'm enjoying it. I am. It's just, I'm not able to keep up like I thought I would have. Well, how I was in the beginning. Things are getting, it's getting to be a lot. And I I don't know. I'm going to need like a reading buddy or something. Like I don't want stuff to be spoiled. But then it's like, once I get around to reading it, it's like so far behind. Like I'm hoping to get caught up by the end of July because we're in that one year um, anniversary of Dawn of X. And now we're getting to X of Swords or Swords of X or whatnot. That like, I think it's 12 or 14 part crossover where everybody in the fuck, every mutant has a goddamn sword. And I'm ready for that. That's some shit that I was like, fuck it, it's comics. What the hell are we doing? Why does everyone have a sword? I don't give a fuck. I just want to see it. Like, I, that's where I am now. But in order to really enjoy that, I think I need to be caught up. To where we are. I need a road map. I can Wikipedia all day long. But does someone out there have a road map of what is the reading order? I know it's on the back of certain books. Certain Dawn of X books. But hell, just give me a reading order so I can lay all my books out in that order. And just finish and get caught up. Shoot. 
<laughs> Mutant and Proud. And then lastly, of course, Strange Academy. Now, the only description for this is actually the class schedule, <laughs> which I thought was so cute. So for issue two, from 8.15 to 9.15, we have the history of magical objects, 9.25 to 10.25, elements of chaos, magic, 10.35 to 11.35, Jim, which Coach Taylor, 11.40 to 12.10, lunch, 12.20 to 1.20, introduction to the undead, 1.30 to 2.30, Inferno 101, 2.40 to 3.20, study hall. Like that's, again, right up my mother freaking alley. <laughs> So that's that, man. Um, what do you guys think uh, about my pull list? Is there anything I should add to my list? Do you guys, are you reading any of these? Is it some stuff that, have y'all read these issues? Like, am I missing anything? For my Dawn of X mutant crew, what are we looking like? Like, I'm stuck back in, what is it, X-Men? Is it X-Men? Where Sync, Wolverine, Laura Kenny, and... Darwin like went into that dang um, vault and were like aged up 6,000 years or something like that's where I am I'm stuck there so tell me is there light at the end of the tunnel like am I missing out on a lot is there things that I can kind of do without is there somewhere I can skip ahead and get caught up on everything uh, let me know because by the end of July I want to be caught up so What's on your pull list? What are you watching? Has anything that I said this episode sparked your interest? Is there anything that you suggest that I check out, that I look at, that I pick up? Am I picking up what you're putting down? And uh, all that good stuff. Thank you all for listening, man. Shouts out to the John Effect Podcast. At the time of this recording, me and John, check out his show. And I should be his most recent episode. And then, uh, you know, check out future projects with he and I. Uh, check out Sid Davis, the social introvert. Check out the Gummit Name podcast with Real Shogun Beats and Cole Jackson, of course. Uh, check out BYNK Radio and check out all the blog posts and music and interviews and podcasts and stuff. They got it going on. Um, shit, just support everybody. Support these black creators. Black Lives Matter. Trans Lives Matter. All Black Lives Matter. Um, what else? I don't know, y'all. Hit me up. Uh, Twitter, Carefree Blurred, Carefree Black Nerd, everywhere else. If you want to email me, let's say you want to get a voice note on the show, you want have some opinions, some comments, suggestions, and questions, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Um, check out the link tree, linktr.ee forward slash carefreeblacknerd. Shit, it's been a while since I did all this. I'm hoping I got everything <laughs> down. Use the hashtag CBNPod or the pool CBN. And check for this episode um, show notes. And uh, until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay black and proud. Like Batwoman, apparently. <laughs> all right, y'all.